Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. everybody to episode number 40 the message board geniuses podcast this is who's i've got casey joy and mbg again this week week zero is in the books not a full slate of games but a nice little appetizer before the season starts that in mind we thought we'd kick things off by talking about what each of us is most looking forward to in the upcoming week one so casey what are you looking out for this week I think the obvious for me personally is the Clemson two game, except that I have to wait till Monday, unlike other college football fans, to watch my favorite team and alma mater play. I think just decent games this week. I think starting with Thursday with Florida and Utah, I think should be a good game, depending on if Cam Rising is healthy or not. LSU, Florida State on Sunday. I think he got some decent games on Saturday. I want to see how Michigan looks. ECU shouldn't be much of a, a test, but it could be harder than the experts think, as somebody says on on their own show. I, I just I'm just really looking forward to talking season being over, with the with the exception of us. And uh, I'm you know I'm just excited to watch college football. I'm going to pretty much do nothing. It's cool. Be so great. Casey named every game, so now there's nothing left for the rest of us to talk about. That's what I do. I just <laughs> steal everybody's thunder. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. Oh, now what am I going to say? <laughs> I didn't mention I Utah State or UVA. I don't think he said my game either. Sunday, LSU. No, no, the game I'm most looking forward to. I mean, outside of LSU, I think all of us are most looking forward to our own games. Well, I <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Team well, right side might be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about this later, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a maybe on that one. <laughs> all right, Joy. What are you looking forward to? Okay, obviously LSU, Florida State. I feel like that just goes without saying. But I have been big on this game, and I am going to stay big on this game. A&M at Miami. I want to see what happens. I'm very, very, very excited to see what that's happens. Week, that's in week two, isn't it? Miami plays Miami of Ohio this week. Oh, dang it. <laughs> I mean. Well, she's really going to be looking forward to it next week. Hey, yeah. but she didn't take your games. <laughs> exactly. I can't win with you guys. I leave you a game and you're mad at me. I made the wrong game and you call me out. Just let me I, be. I didn't even realize it was week two, Joy. No so one else. Okay. I'm gonna, with you. I'm gonna switch up. Um also middle Tennessee at Alabama. I could give a crap about that. Like obviously Alabama's gonna win that game, but I wanna see what happens at quarterback. I wanna quarterback. see what they're doing. I wanna yeah. see who's gonna play the most. I wanna see who looks good, who looks bad, because like that next week is Texas. So um, that game has a lot of potential riding on it for the, the next week. There we go. And also, screw AM. I hope they lose <laughs> in Ohio. <laughs> well, you've got a built in answer if we do this next week. So you're all set. No, Miami, Un- University of Miami is playing Miami University September mm-hmm. 1st. Good all time. Right, well, of course, the Utah State Iowa game, that's going to be a barn burner. There could be a grand total of 17 points scored in that game. Uh, but can you imagine the punts, MBG? They're going to oh be man. awesome. It's going to well, be, and that makes the line on that game look good, though, right? I mean, yeah, the, line, the over/under is forty-five. It, 
and I think Iowa's favored Iowa by, favored 25. by 25, something like that. Yeah. I might like, hammer Utah State, man. I would hammer the under on that thing is what I would yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. But there's a couple other games I was looking forward to besides that one. I think Washington-Boise State could be interesting. And Nebraska-Minnesota, I think, could be interesting, too, just to see what happens with Nebraska with with Matt Rule when they actually have a, a coach. That could be an inter- interesting game, too, of the ones that haven't been mentioned yet. The one I'm looking forward to the most is probably the Utah-Florida game, and that's on Thursday. I think that's going to be an exciting game. I think it'll be fun. Need Cam Rising to be healthy. Yeah. yeah. It's going to make or break that game, I think. So, Casey, I hate to do this to you. I'm, go- I'm including your hated rival. I'm looking forward to UNC, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. For a couple of reasons, UNC's favored by two and a half, so it's one of the lowest lines of the week. There are a lot of games with big lines this week, so two and a half is you know pretty much a toss. I think it's a neutral site game. I think right, it's in Charlotte maybe, but also the over under is sixty four and a half, which I mean that's that's a big number. So you know hopefully it's going to be high scoring, exciting. I think the top two teams in the ACC are pretty clear cut this year. I think that you know who's going to be number three is pretty wide open. And I think UNC with, with Drake may at quarterback is they're in a good spot if they can shore up their defense. And then on the other hand, if South Carolina wins, there's a segment of Virginia tech fans who die a little bit inside every time Shane Beamer has some <laughs> success. So this is like a no lose for me. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be happy either way. If UNC wins is good for the ACC if South Carolina wins, there will be some Virginia Tech fans who will be unhappy. So, I would say one that we forgot to mention that nobody mentioned was Colorado TCU. Oh, true. I, I think, think we that, might talk about that one a little later even, right? I think so. But uh, that's going to be an interesting one. I don't know if it will be a good game, but it'll, the outcome will be interesting. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to Oregon State and San Jose State. San Jose State put up a fight, lost by four touchdowns to Southern Cal last week. But uh, Oregon State with DJ Uyunglele ranked 18th to start the season. Travels to San Jose State. I mean, that could be intriguing, too. Yep. Lots of good stuff. All right. So next up, we're going to do our mailbag question. This week's question comes to us from Strousey12. And here's his question. If you could have a college football documentary made about any story, team, player, coach, scandal of the last decade... What would you choose as the topic? So we're going to make one minor adjustment. We're going to take off the time restriction of the last decade and just open it up to whenever you guys want. So, Casey, I don't know if you've watched any of these documentaries. Some of them have been better than others. But what other ones would you want to see? Thank you for taking the time off to who's because in my mind, you know, everyone knows I'm not the smartest egg on this show. So, uh I thought 2007 was in this decade, but uh, it's not. But I'm going with the 2007 college football season. I don't know if you guys remember this, but this was the year that no one wanted to be ranked number two. The lower There was games with lower or unranked teams beating ranked opponents 59 times in the regular season that year, and teams in the top five were beaten by unranked teams 13 times. Now, yes, Joy, we know LSU won the national championship, but there's such games as Appalachian State beating Michigan in in week one, Stanford beat number two, Southern Cal, Oregon State beat number two, California, Rutgers beat number two, South Florida, Florida State beat number two, Boston College, Arizona beat number two, Oregon, 
Number four, Mizzou beat Mark Mangino, and number two, Kansas. I mean, listen to the names of the teams. <laughs> Those number two number schools two. are wild, man. <laughs> I remember being Cal, in a bar. Kansas, South Florida. I, mean, that's I remember being in a bar in Tampa watching that Rutgers and South Florida game, and people were absolutely wild. I mean, that place was electric. But the last stat is the number one and number two teams had not lost in the same week since 1996. But in 2007, it happened three times. Holy LSU crap. beat Ohio State to win the national championship. A guy named Tim Tebow won the Heisman. It was just a crazy season. And I would love for really smart people to put something together to kind of show just how nuts that year was. That's a good one. That was and a really right. good one. <laughs> I'm glad I took up the decade restriction because that was a really good one. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Casey's so proud right now. <laughs> I'm one of the guys too. You got positive feedback. <laughs> Good job, Casey. We're proud of you. <laughs> All right, Joy, what are you going with? I'm sure that y'all are going to be incredibly shocked by this, but any chance I have to like just give a little dig, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take, I would love a documentary on the rise and fall of Bobby Petrino because I don't think his falls over yet. I think he just keeps falling like A&M in the rankings. And I want, I just want a whole documentary on the fall at Arkansas and the motorcycle crash and the press conference. I just, just, it's all too good for there, it all not to be encompassed in one solid documentary. And yeah. it just involves like the craziest, like the, it involves the schools that it would be, it's so on brand that it happens at these schools with, and he's associated with these programs and these coaches. And I just feel like they've done us a disservice by not giving it to us. So I mm-hmm. have to go. <laughs> Right now, I, I feel like there's probably some info out there that not everyone is privy to, too. You know, like, that's all those, yeah, like I'm Has guessing there are some salacious details that would come out if they actually dug down on that one. Now, these are good, y'all. <laughs> all right, MBG. Make it happen. Well, I almost switched last minute because the, my first inclination was to say I would love to see a 2019 LSU documentary, but I figured for sure that would be Joy's. So that wasn't necessarily my choice. My, there kind of already my, is one. I think that's why I didn't. Is think there? Of. Oh, well, there you go. So mine would be about, nobody would know anything about this, but uh, about a conference realignment plot that was called the project back when BYU was going to leave the mountain West and go independent. They had kind of conspired with the whack to put all their Olympic sports in the whack and leave the mountain West high and dry. And then the whack was going to try to pick off some mountain West teams. So all the whack teams got together. This was Utah state, Fresno state, Nevada, and they signed this pack to kind of stick together. Well, somehow Craig Thompson, the commissioner of the mountain West sniffed it out. It was later found out that for some reason, Utah's AD called and tipped him off so he went behind their back and invited Fresno and Nevada into the Mountain West and, and Utah State. And Utah State, thinking that everybody was going to stay packed in the, in the whack, turned down the Mountain West and Fresno and Nevada joined the Mountain West and left Utah State high and dry in the whack. And they ended up sticking around in the whack. It was made of like Texas State and UT San Antonio and a bunch of duds for a few years because it was an all-time backfire. Not that anybody cares about that, but it would make an interesting documentary because there was a lot of uh, backstabbing and backbiting in that whole process. And Utah State ultimately got screwed. 
So <laughs> we're okay now, but at the time we really got screwed. So I would definitely watch that. Yeah, I would too. So I've got, I came up with one answer while we were talking and this should have been my answer from the beginning. And I'm ashamed that it wasn't my initial thought on this. So the, the 2018 and then 2019 UVA basketball where, you know, an 18 we lose to a, a 16 seed for the first time, you know, first time that's ever happened. And the next year we win it all like that's, that seems like it's made for some kind of sports biopic, right? Like it, even as it was playing out, it felt like it was kind of surreal but then the other one I thought about is, I don't know if you all watched Swamp Kings or not, but it was just incredibly disappointing. I mean, it was just an Urban Meyer puff piece, basically. And they didn't touch on any of the that we wanted to hear about, right? Like, And uh, so Jim Weber on Twitter had a great list of things that the documentary, like he wanted to see in the documentary and that it didn't even touch on. So he basically said, any, any mention of Aaron Hernandez, Besides Tebow taking blame for their 2007 bar fight, anything about the Pouncy twins? Like I was positive there'd be something in there about them, and they're in like one shot, I think, of the two of them. That was it. Cam Newton stolen laptop. Percy Harvin attacking the wide receiver coach. Carlos Dunlap arrested before the 2009 SEC championship game. Shelly Myers 911 call and Urban Meyer going to the hospital with chest pains. The entire 2010 season including Urban Meyer versus Jeremy Fowler confrontation at practice and Chris Rainey, who was prominently featured in the documentary threatening to kill his girlfriend. Like none of that stuff was in. That was all the stuff we wanted to see, right? Like none of that stuff was in there. Yeah. I'm not sure why they even made that thing. No. Um, They made it to make Urban look good. So when he has a comeback coaching, everyone is a fan. It was so, I mean, I will say, look, I've always been, a little anti Tim Tebow. He's a little too perfect. I felt, I felt a little bad for him because he's illiterate, obviously, as we talked (laughs) on the podcast, but it's hard to watch that and not come away liking the guy and like what a competitor he is. Right. I mean, he, yeah. I mean, he just, he just wanted to win and that was all he cared about. And I'm sure it was hard when, I mean, some of the guys talked about this when, all anyone wanted to talk about was Tebow. And I don't, he didn't come across at all as like a glory hound. He seemed like he genuinely loved being part of a team and, you know, working together and trying to win. I mean, I think that sadly was the best part of the documentary, but they left out so much good stuff, man. So I watched it, but I I was just angry at myself the whole time I was watching it. So you want a part two is what you want. Yes. I want all the good stuff. I want an untold not urban edition. Yeah, he's just such a sanctimonious. <laughs> like, like, well, every time he talked, it just I, I got annoyed. Maybe it's just me, but the only thing I related to was when he said, "When we didn't beat Alabama, I wanted to die," and I was like, "Urban, that might be the only thing that I've." Ever seen. <laughs> you felt seen when he said yeah. that. I was like, "I get you." <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to our next segment: Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference, someone who did something particularly dumb in the last week. We'll put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, Joy's nominee, Paul Feinbaum, got 47% of the vote, followed by Pete Alonzo with 29%. Casey's nominee, Tommy Pham, got 13%. And MBG's nominee, Josh Hardy, got a surprisingly strong 11%. MBG, that was a that was a 
better showing than I was expecting. I I mean, I don't know how I didn't get at least 75% of the vote. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All right, so I'm still in the lead with 11 wins. Joy has seven. Casey has six. MBG is amazingly still, still sitting on zero. MBG, you're now 0-24. I told you last week that at 0-23 – you would match the longest losing streak in Major League Baseball history, tying the 1961 Philadelphia Phillies. It turns out that that was the longest losing streak in modern baseball history. With your 24th straight loss, you've now matched the 1899 Cleveland Spiders. <laughs> yeah, he has. Lost 24 in a row. And I know how much these baseball examples resonate with you, MBG. So. I'm gonna especially I'm gonna... Cleveland Spiders. I was always a Spiders fan. <laughs> <laughs> that was a rough year. Yeah. I'm just waiting for Joy to ask if you and I were alive during the 1899. It was a tough year for us Spiders fans. You burned all your Spiders gear that year, MBG. I did. All right, so. Casey, who are you going with this week? Let's Another say, lean week, kind of, for, for Genius of the Week. This has been too No, it wasn't lean. Around. There's one obvious choice. There's one obvious choice that came out of this week. It wasn't lean. But go let's ahead, stay, you guys. Go ahead. Let's stay with baseball one more week, because I'm hoping that college football will, will bring about some more geniuses next week. But for this one was too good to not mention. There's a semi pro i guess they're professional but they're not really affiliated with the major league baseball called the frontier league well the frontier league umpire warren nicholson was ejected from a game he was umpiring when former major leaguer and fellow fat man pete incavilia <laughs> the manager <laughs> of the tri-city valley cats accused the new york boulders of stealing signs using their center field camera and the second baseman on the boulders tucker nathans took exception to nicholson removing the league-approved tablet that the – I can't even get these teams correct. The boulders, I believe, were using in the dugout. Tempers flared, and the ump put his hands on the player, and the player actually, like, keeled over and, like, was holding his stomach like he had to or something. But I, um, <laughs> then the, the, the next scene that you see is the umpire walking out of the center field fence, just leaving. And so – don't worry, Frontier League fans, though. They found another ump who was, quote, close by so they could finish the game. Also, for both of you interested here, they actually removed and completely took away the center field camera just so that, that they could prove that they weren't cheating. But for the go to the week, goat? Why? Well, I, I said it again. I hadn't said it in 40 weeks, 38 weeks. <laughs> You got it right for 39 weeks in a row. Uh, well, that's what I get for reading everything. Yeah, that's um, MBG-like, that streak right there. <laughs> Warren Nicholson and the whole situation are my genii of the week. <laughs> I can't even read right we should, we Casey, should the you're praise in, you're in English. early on. It's throwing them off. You're an English, you're an English major, so I'm gonna i I'm not gonna question you on that genii of the week. <laughs> I didn't realize that. MBG, was plural we know. For I make up words every week, and I, I don't know what they mean. So that just – it'll be in my dictionary. But that's what I get for, for actually researching this week. Right, for doing prep work. Damn it, Casey. <laughs> Have you learned Never nothing? again. Never again. <laughs> All right, Joy, who do you have? 
I'm switching mine up at the last minute because I remembered who I wanted to use and I forgot about them. So mine is like a little bit of a mix, but it's like Arizona State slash the NCAA. So if you didn't see it this week, Arizona well, you, State. You got to pick one, though. You can't do slashes, especially <laughs> if, if one of them is the NCAA. If you just eight slashes, you come in last. Don't there's, be mad. There's a character limit on the vote. <laughs> That's the biggest problem, right? <laughs> Literally. Anyways, MBG is just better because he knows he's going to lose again. They self-imposed a one-year bowl ban for the 2023 season, but they did this, like, Friday. And so a week before, all of your players are about to go play in a game, and you've gotten them all excited all offseason. Like, we're here to win championships. I don't know if they say that at Arizona State. I'm kind of assuming. But you've, you've got them all excited, and then you have to issue a one-year self-imposed ban because of something that happened way before any of these kids got here. And I hate the NCAA for that. I hate that we punish athletes that had nothing to do with what happened because of something other people did. But also, I just think it's so freaking dumb. I think the NCAA has lost all their power, and Arizona State just cowardly buckled because they thought they were going to get in trouble. So Arizona State slash the NCAA is my <laughs> I love. I heard when you yelled "slash," your face was an inch from the screen. <laughs> a one-year bull ban for Arizona State—that's like telling me that I can't win the Mega Millions jackpot this week. <laughs> but next week I'll be eligible. I mean, I just like—I feel bad because at the end of the day, they're still kids. Jalen like, Rashada. Yeah. I heard a thing today that they said that Herm Edwards walked in that, to that school day one and was like, "Rules don't apply to me." And so I'm just going to do whatever to recruit. Yeah. And I, I don't want to know the rules. I'm just – not that, that he was going like over the top, but – That doesn't sound like Herm at all. Right? No, 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 no. <laughs> My thing is, though, like, if you're going to cheat, you better win. No joke. Like LSU does it. I mean – Literally. Literally. Will Wade over here. Like, if you – you the reason well, you got was because you were cheating and not winning. Will Wade forgot the winning part, though. I mean, That's what I just said. <laughs> I'm just emphasizing it. He learned it at Clemson. He doesn't. He, we didn't win there either. MBG is coming from my throat tonight. <laughs> All right, MBG, you got a winner this week. I do. I do. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. <laughs> That's the kiss of death every week. All right. So this is my genius of the week, but I need to set it up. You guys know who Luis Rubiales is? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Went to lunch with him last Thursday. <laughs> Casey, no, you didn't. All right, I'm trying. Give me, give me a hint. Luis, a hockey, Ru- I'm just going to tell player? you. No, Luis Rubiales, he is the president of the Spanish Football Federation. Oh, wait, I know. You, I've heard about that. Yeah, I did, I heard, this is a good one, actually. This one might should... win. No, well, don't go that far, Casey. <laughs> so Luis Rubiales, he's the president of the Spanish uh, Football Federation. And the women, the Spanish women won the, the World Cup, I think it was last week. So as I think they were handing out the, or when they were celebrating afterwards, he grabbed one of the players, Jenny Hermoso, and gave her like a big kiss, like right on the lips, like grabbed her on the back of the head. I don't know if you saw the video, but he laid one on her. She, after that, said that she did not, did not enjoy it. He then apologized. And I think FIFA and maybe the Spanish Federation took some disciplinary action he then came out and reversed course and said that it was consensual and 
he kind of retracted his apology uh, for kissing her. And then all the players on the team basically said that they weren't going to play if he uh, didn't get punished. And now I think they've actually brought criminal charges against him. So that brings me to my true genius of the week. <laughs> and that is his mother, Angeles Bejar. Because, <laughs> because she did not take kindly to this news. And it says here, in a desperate attempt to defend her son, Angeles Bejar, Rubiales's mother, locked herself in the Divina Pastora Church in Motril, southern Spain, and declared a hunger strike. She won't stop, she says, until the authorities find a solution to the inhuman and bloody hunt they are conducting against her son with something that he doesn't deserve. So she's going on a hunger strike until everyone forgives her son for sexually assaulting one of the Spanish soccer players. So for that, Angeles Bejar is, <laughs> is my genius of the week. I wish we could put your pronunciation in the poll somehow, because, because that would win. <laughs> All right, well, there's no it's, – it's tough to follow that one. So I'll keep this short and sweet. So for my genius of the week, I'm – I'm going to stay close to home, and I'm going to go with a fellow UVA fan who <laughs> goes by the name quarterback QB Sacker on the Sabre message boards. He had a post that MBG circulated today, I believe. He, he started off sounding reasonable. He's talking about our week one matchup against Tennessee. So I was with him for the first part. He says, what I want you to watch for is this. Nobody believes UVA can do anything against Tennessee. And I'm like, I'm, I'm right there with you. That's literally what everyone believes. However, he quickly devolves into what can only be described as some kind of meth-induced psychosis when he continues, our inspired team is going to come out with a chip on their shoulder the size of Mars. And like the god of war of the planet's <laughs> namesake, we're going to open up a desert storm-sized keg of whoop-ass on those overconfident punk volunteers. Our defense is going to absolutely curb stomp their offense, and the Virginia Cavaliers are going to shock the world. That is what you should watch for. So when I read this, I just assumed this was a Virginia Tech fan who made an account to post this and make us look like idiots. Nope. This person has been on the Saber for 24 years, <laughs> has 18,000 posts. Look, I'm, I'm the biggest sunshine pumper you'll find, but Tennessee <laughs> is favored by 28 and a half for a reason. I think we're going to cover, but saying we're going to go desert storm on their ass makes QB Sacker my genius of the week. <laughs> well done, Sacker. <laughs> Even our fans were like, dude. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> no, just lean into that, man. Yeah, but then you got to back it up after the game. That's the problem. Like, I would love to go full troll on Twitter, but Tennessee fans are wild as hell, man. I don't, I don't want to deal with that aftermath. Like, I, I post something innocuous and that just tangentially involves Tennessee, and it gets like six bookmarks. So, you know, tangential what? <laughs> I'm a genii, Casey. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> All right, before we move on, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a couple of cross promotions again this week. The first is with the Sickos Committee podcast. 
They finished up their conference previews last week, covering the SEC, the Sun Belt, and the Mountain West MBG. So they, nice. They, they hit the big three conferences last week. We're also doing a cross promotion with the Slander U podcast. I'll give you a little teaser here. We're going to have someone from Slander U on with us as a guest next week. Woo! On their most recent show, they did a preview of the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12. They also discussed a variety of other topics, including Swamp Kings, Week Zero, and the Slander U Lock of the Week. So we love both those shows, so check them out. All right, MBG, we're into the season now, so hopefully things are going to start to heat up with the posts here. (laughs) Well, I thought we'd start with maybe the best meltdown of the week. I always ask going into the week, I'll do a little poll to see who everyone thinks uh, is most likely to melt down uh, this week. And I think Notre Dame actually won the poll. Um, But I don't think there was much melting down on Notre Dame message boards. But you have to note that you don't necessarily have to lose to have a meltdown. There's plenty of fan bases who will have a meltdown and still win the game. And that was the case this week. Uh, The best meltdown, I don't know if you guys saw this, but without question came from the USC board. And uh, USC played San Jose State, which, look, San Jose State is a good G5 team and they have a great quarterback who is the preseason Mountain West Conference Player of the Year. He's older. He's been around. He's experienced. Their offense is great. But UNLV beat them 50 – or not UNLV. USC beat them 56-28. to 28. Beat them by four touchdowns. So you would think that everyone would be happy with that. But that absolutely was not the case. Their meltdown started early. In the second quarter, it was 21. It kind of went – USC was always ahead. It was they were up 21-14 in the second quarter. And we get these posts from the message board. I said it after the Rice game last year. I'll say it again after the first quarter now. Grinch needs to be fired. And then another guy said they gave up a third and 22. Uh, they let San Jose convert on third and 22. Third and 22 at home to SJSU. Riley stock tumbling. How do you retain this moron? And then another post says we suck again. Followed up by some more saying, I think very highly of Lincoln, but bringing back his barbecue buddy defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, is just unforgivable. Wasting Caleb. Next guy says, wasted Caleb's last year with Grinch. Can't believe it. In the second quarter, up seven at home against San Jose, and all of a sudden Lincoln Riley should probably be fired. Alex Grinch should be fired. They're wasting Caleb Williams' senior or last year there and everything. So – you go to halftime into the third quarter and they start to pull away a little bit and it's still fire Alex Grinch with a blowtorch. Grinch to the stake. I've seen enough. Leave him in the locker room at halftime. He sucks. It's it's the same BS over and over again. They then go up by 21 in the third and you get stuff like this. Sick to my stomach for real. Pump the brakes on the CFP tuck got to temper expectations for now pathetic anyone who believes in this nonsense is delusional move on to the fourth quarter they're up 28 now we're we're so far off from making the college football playoffs if he doesn't fire grinch after this season riley is the problem so i mean at no point were they in danger of losing this game i mean yeah they gave up 28 points but it's the first game against a good offensive team and these guys have had enough of Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch. I mean, this is why message board geniuses exist, right? <laughs> like 
Oklahoma fans celebrating and USC fans melting down over a game that USC won by 28. Oh, like, that's, that's the best combo right there. Yeah, we won't read them, but Oklahoma fans, for as down as USC fans were, Oklahoma fans were absolutely elated. It was their Super Bowl, yeah, in a game that USC won by 28. It's insane. Oh, yeah, and I don't know if you guys watched it. It's, you really can watch the games on the Pac-12 network, but they got this kid, Zachariah – what's his name? Zachariah Branch. Branch, yeah. Did you see this kid? Oh, my God, yeah. He's, like, uh, on skates out there. It was crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, he looked like Reggie Bush. Yeah. I mean, he was nuts. So, I mean, that was easily the best meltdown of the week. I'm not sure anybody could have topped it at any point. So my question is, this coming week, who do you guys think is going to have the best meltdown in the week to come? It's not going to be USC because they play Nevada, and they're going to beat them even further than they beat uh, San Jose. South Carolina. I can see that. They've got very high expectations. They're, very I, high. I think their fans have outsized expectations versus what the reality is going to be this year. I think that's a good call. Florida State. <laughs> I just, a, lot of, it, a lot of Florida State talk. It could right? go either way. If they get beat by two touchdowns, two scores even, 10 points, I mean, they could try to turn it into something that like a moral victory, but all the talk that they're getting, if they lose to LSU by double digits, they're going to melt down. And yeah, those are, and I think the, the meltdown potential is correlated to how much success the team has had, right? Like USC went 11 and three last year in Riley's first season, just for context in the four previous seasons, they went 22 and 21. And that was the second time, they had won 11 games or more in the last 13 years. So they're, you know, they've lost all sense of proportion here. And so I don't think this is going to be a meltdown, but the potential is there. So I picked Clemson to go to the playoff. And I, I think that's going to happen. But I think if Clemson doesn't blow the doors off Duke, I think there are some Clemson fans who are going to lose it. And Duke's not a, I, this pains me to say, Duke is not a bad team. In fact, I think, <laughs> could be pretty good i think clemson's gonna win but if they don't win by a lot i think it could look a lot like these usc message board posts yeah i don't want to go off the rails a little bit but i i actually write for one of the clemson websites and my job literally is to write about the opponent because my whole thing since i was a student was that i always find a way that clemson can lose and normally like it could be syracuse that's probably a bad example for recency, but I find it like a team that absolutely should not beat Clemson. But and I'll be like, oh my god, that running back ran for 800 yards over the course of the last three games. Like I, I'll find it and convince myself. Well, this week I did the the Duke one already, and I don't know if I need much convincing. Not that I think Duke's going to win, but they return uh, nine starters on offense, and they have six receivers who have scored touchdowns, uh, multiple touchdowns. They have two really good running backs. And their defensive front is as good as anybody. I don't, again, I don't mean to get off in the weeds talking X's and O's here because I really don't do that in my previews. But that's a good Duke team. This ain't your grandfather's Duke team. So we yep. could melt down very easily. And yep. Clemson meltdowns melts down very easily as well. You guys are elite at it, yeah. Like that, that's part of what went into my yeah. choice as well. That uh, you guys, you guys melt down pretty well. <laughs> See, I, I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> I don't know how to take it. 
He's See, done it so often. I was going to go with Florida, but I don't know what Utah's going to have at quarterback, so I don't know what that's going to look like. I think one potential is Miami. I don't think they'll lose to Miami of Ohio, but it could be an ugly game, which could lead to some good meltdowns from the Miami fans. Or the I think you'll get a good meltdown in the Florida State LSU game, no matter what happens. Cause that's a good call. A good team's going to lose that game. A team that thinks they should probably go undefeated or, you know, um, only lose a game or two all year. So uh, a good team's going to lose that game. So if Virginia puts up any kind of fight, Tennessee will melt down. They will. Tennessee fans melt down at the drop of anything. So if y'all score a touchdown, Tennessee is going to have a meltdown. Listen, if, if we score early and go ahead, I am just going to just let loose on Twitter and then just shut it down for the day. So that I don't have to read any of the reports. This is like, let me talk my smack now. Yeah. And then like, if we go up 7-0 early, I just, yeah, I would, I would start checking my posts because I'm going to go off. <laughs> I'll keep an eye on those. Please, God, let this happen. All right. We'll watch and see. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Oregon State. We don't, we don't talk much Oregon State beavers on this. We've talked about frying beaver up in Clemson. Deep fried beaver, was it? Is that what it was, Casey? It was, I believe yeah. it was deep fried beaver. Yeah. We've yeah, talked about delicious. deep fried beaver, we, but we never we've talked, talked about, about the silver beaver award. We've talked about beaver a lot on this show. NBA. That's true, but never in the context of the Oregon State beavers. So let's try to touch that base while we're here. So there's a post on this. Oregon State board the Beaver Blitz by Jack Baseball Four and Oregon State fans and maybe somewhat justifiably so have been going through it over the last several weeks, uh, knowing that they're about to be without a home. So this guy is trying to come up with an idea to do everything he can to save Beaver football, and he says this: Beavs will be the only team in the country playing a game Sunday, September third at twelve thirty p.m. No other college games, no NFL. We need to get on social media and let the whole country know that we need their support if we want to save our program and the game of college football that everyone loves and remembers. 247 needs to post in every message board in the nation that we need every college football fan's eyes watching CBS at 12.30 p.m., along with four exclamation points there. OSU needs to pay for commercials on every network leading up to the game game day with the message that only the viewers can save OSU football. Call your family, friends, family, friends, their friends, and every other person in the world we know. Turn your TV on CBS if you are on vacation and cannot watch. Billboards all over the country. Save college football. Football fans everywhere will be chopping at the bit for a game to watch. Make sure it is the Beaver game. A spike in viewership might be helpful during negotiations. So not only is the life of Oregon State football hanging in the balance on Sunday, September 3rd, but all of college football is hanging in the balance. And we all have a duty to watch that game at 1230 on Sunday. I mean, listen, I'm a, I'm a UVA football fan, and even I feel comfortable saying no one gives a f- about Oregon State football. <laughs> That's going to be a great beep. <laughs> I mean, they're they're a hundred games under five hundred in their football history. They, you know, like college football is going to survive. And no disrespect, to MBG, if Oregon State ends up in the Mountain West or somewhere, I'm pretty sure college football is going to survive. Like, I don't think we need to worry about that. 
Yeah. Do you, I mean, I have mixed feelings here because I understand, you know, their fans, they're facing essentially facing stepping down from a P5 conference to probably the Mountain West is probably where they end up. But at the same time, as a fan of a G5 school, it's really hard to feel sorry for them because yeah. we've been we've been living that for this whole time. And we haven't thought it was fair this whole time, but Oregon State's been perfectly fine living the high life uh, in the Pac-12. It reminds me, did you guys ever used to watch that reality show with like Paris Hilton and Nicole Reed? Where they had to like go live normal lives like and do life normal jobs. Like that. Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, they like go live normal lives and actually work <laughs> and earn money and do what every all the other normal people have to do. And it was like this foreign concept to them. So that's kind of what I think about Oregon State and Washington State. See, like Paris Hilton is the Oregon State Beavers in that <laughs> scenario. That's a brilliant friggin' analogy. <laughs> <laughs> They're finally going to have to live on a on a Mountain West budget and see how we've been doing it all these years. Not living off mommy and daddy, USC and Oregon, um, but actually earning money for yourselves. That's awesome. I don't well, know if DJ you guys are right? there now. DJU's there. I'll be watching. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, they're, so their over-under is eight and a half. I think they won 10 last year, right? Yeah. But I think they, they lost a lot. If I remember correctly, I think they lost a lot on defense. And I mean, I, I like DJU a lot personally. I don't know that he's a great college quarterback, but again, who cares? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not, it's what you said, right? I mean, it's, you know, being a G5 school is not the end of the world. And they're just, I don't think if, if they put a bunch of bill, billboards, I don't think that's going to really move the needle personally. I could be wrong about that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're going to lose that game on Sunday, too, I think, which is just going to fly in the face of all that they are hoping to accomplish there, I think. But we'll see. But it was I thought it was a funny post, asking the whole country to join in to save the Beavers. (laughs) (laughs) Give up your Sunday afternoon to save the Beavers. To save the Beavers. I think it's on 3.30 here, but time change stuff, I don't don't understand that. Yeah. I think he was working that Pacific time there, twelve thirty. So if you're listening, don't they know we have East Coast bias on message boards? Come on. Yeah, well, exactly. See, there were so many people in the comments who were like, well, "That's not the only game on that day." And the guy said very specifically, mm-hmm. "It's the only game on at this specific time on this specific day." So exactly. it was some people saying that, and then the worst were the people saying, "Well, they can't be the only time team playing at that time. You need two teams to play a game." Oh. Yeah, I don't know if, if you guys have watched John Mulaney at all. The stand-up. Yeah, yeah. That's the one bit where he says, I can't remember what the context was, but he says, you're like the kid at the sleepover who after midnight is like, it's tomorrow now. Like those people <laughs> are the friggin' worst, right? Like, can't be the only team. Can I give you a story time while, while, yeah, while we're on that topic? So I've done, I've done this twice in my life when I've been out in Vegas that I've scheduled myself for a Sunday 12.30 a.m. red-eye flight back to the East Coast. And both times I was at the craps table with friends, and I get messages on my phone saying, your flight's boarding at Saturday once it went to midnight right. into Sunday. So literally I should have done Monday morning. But like one time <laughs> you can forgive it. Two times, now you're an idiot. <laughs> I, I take it you did not make those flights. So again, no time change. <laughs> American Airlines knows me on a first name basis, but it's for the right reasons. That's awesome. All right, let's stick around and 
the the well, I say in the Pac-12, Colorado's still in the Pac-12. So let's go there. We talked about their game against TCU this Saturday, and they are pumped up. Colorado fans are pumped up for this game, and they're very confident. And there was a <laughs> poster on Buff Stampede, uh, whose name is the Trans Vegan Buff Punk sixty nine. <laughs> That's a legendary name. By That's the way. aggressive. <laughs> yeah, it's super aggressive. <laughs> so he says this. I can't wait to see the stupid TCU faces broadcast nationwide in 4K when the buffs go into Fort Worth and beat the dog snot out of the frogs. For all these buffs fans, in quotation marks, that say they just don't feel it, this game, I promise you, I feel the exact opposite. Dion's coaching, motivation, inspiration, and pure grit cannot be ignored. If ever there was an upset to happen, this is it. But to those that understand championship football, winning this game wouldn't be an upset. It's simply handling business. Dumb excuses from TCU fans and even buffs are nothing but fear. Dion is a one-of-a-kind person. And here he goes. He's really going to nail it here. He's not, he is not Nick Saban. He doesn't need two years to be great. He is not not intimidated by climbing a level in coaching. He's played at every level and been successful from day one. There's nothing different now. Boulder, are you ready to witness greatness? Do you know what you're about to experience? Have faith. Believe it's coming. We coming. Sco buffs. Sco. Where are we so going? He doesn't need two years. Like that, like like that saving. loser saving. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, QB Sacker was sharing his meth with Trans Vegan Buff Punk 69 because this is this is a similar take here. And my favorite part of this is when he says winning this game wouldn't be an upset. TCU's favor by 20 and a half. It's literally the definition of an upset if Colorado wins, right? It would likely be one of the bigger upsets of the entire season. Yes. I mean, if this if that's not an upset, I don't know what would be. That's insane. Uh, my favorite was the part that he brought up championship football in Colorado. As if that <laughs> was it. How many years ago? Thirty four years ago that they last were. Yeah, it was nineteen ninety, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Transvegan Buff Punk sixty nine has really seen championship football in Colorado before, but I could be wrong. But I like this post just for the opening line is I just where he says, I can't wait to see the stupid TCU <laughs> He came in hot. <laughs> I like too that part of his argument is that they can't lose because Dion has been successful playing at every level, right? Not coaching, but playing because there's no denying that being a great player ensures your success as a coach. Like I'll give it to us. Patrick Ewing. <laughs> Mike That's Singletary, old. Wayne Gretzky. I mean, all the greats have absolutely killed it. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. I see, yeah, I mean, there's like so many good examples, right? It's fair. Yeah, I don't think – yeah, I mean, Colorado is going to be interesting. Colorado is a, game, a team I could watch every single game just because I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. But I, I'm pretty – I think I can pretty safely say they're not going to beat TCU, right? Their players are so small. They do look like, small. Their yeah. film, like seeing their practice videos and things like that, they look so tiny. Like I'm 
worried about him a little bit. There were a couple things I saw where I was like, is that like a JV football practice? Something like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Where like, they had a shot of their like wide receivers or their DBs. And I was like, I don't know if it's, they need to like frame the pictures differently or something. But I agree. There were some where they just looked tiny or maybe they it had reminded like, me of, helmets. Like, it I don't remind know me of was. that movie, Lucas. Back in the day, where the like, great movie, they're, they're great sorry, Joy, their his pads were just a little bit too small or too big for him. You know, his helmets falling off. Like that's literally the first video I saw. It was like, he had like that big Joe Klecko face mask. It was like <laughs> I was not expecting a Joe Klecko reference. That's that solid right there. Also, I just wonder at what point are we gonna like? Can we stop giving Nick Saban reasons to hate? other teams like can we stop giving him ammunition can you stop saying stop bringing his name up stop talking about him like leave him alone he's, he's scary the, enough as is he's the gold standard that's what you got to compare everyone to though no dion's the gold standard oh that's true I, yeah, yeah dion doesn't need two years in pg <laughs> <laughs> so how many games do y'all think colorado's gonna win i mean they might sneak out a couple pac 12 games i, mean, I think maybe. five Maybe Colorado State, a couple, maybe I'd say three or four. Three and a half is what I put at. Yeah, I'd say I was going to say four. I think four as well. There are are a ton of people who have put a bunch of money on them to win the Natty. That is just. That is ignorant. It's completely insane. He couldn't win the HBCU Bowl. Thank you. Yeah, with the best roster, I think. Yeah, by far yeah, out of all those far. And right? that's I mean, basically your Colorado team because he took, right. he basically drained Jackson State's roster and just took them with him. And I do I think like his him. son's good. I really do think he's good at quarterback. I think he's going to need a year, though. Yep. And I want, oh. listen, I think having Dion as a coach is fun. Like, I, I think it's a great thing for college football. I think it's going to be super fun to watch, but like, Thinking he's just going to walk in and win like ten games, it's just find four wins here. Find yeah. four wins here: TCU, Nebraska, Colorado State, Oregon, USC, Arizona State, Stanford, UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, Colorado, or excuse me, Washington State, Utah. I think four, no I, I counted four. I yeah, maybe four. five, okay. or maybe three, though. <laughs> you know what I mean, like. Yeah, Next I mean, week they'll be telling, I think, with Nebraska. Yeah. Well, I forget they play Nebraska. I mean, they just have to be patient, right? Yeah. If he, if he wins four games, they got to consider that a, a good year. Given That's where hysterical that you but think they won't. The fan base can be patient. Yeah, they're not going to be. They should, but you're right. They won a game last year, right? Didn't they go 1 well, 11 or something? Weed's they legal, awful. though. They relax yeah. out there. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right, let's move on and talk about. Ex Utah State defensive backs coach Gary Patterson for a moment. You guys know Gary? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think Gary's also known as being a head coach at TCU. And last year, I think he was a special assistant to Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. Um, but there was a post on the Oklahoma board uh, that was entitled, it said, Gary Patterson. And then the, the poster, K.F. Frank, says, my granddaughter is a freshman at TCU and just got hooked up with a sorority on Sunday. The next day, Gary Patterson, the football coach, starts following her on Instagram, and he's apparently following 20 of her new sisters. She's creeped out. All right, Joy, creepy or not? Creepy. 
<laughs> it gives me less Miles vibes. <laughs> oh, I feel man. like I feel like there's a story there. There is a story there. <laughs> not, she's not biting. She's not biting this week. The camera did start shaking a little bit. I just. <laughs> I worked in the recruiting department when Les Miles was being a creep to my friends, and Oops. thankfully I wasn't blonde. But it it, it happens. They're, they just they think that they're untouchable and that they can do anything they want. And obviously, he forgot that Georgia murdered them. And if he's not careful, someone's dad is going to murder him next. So, are but you saying this is not abnormal behavior? It's 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 like it's. Mm, it's really not like I'm I maybe the whole like walking in a sorority house thing might be that is probably the most abnormal part of this story. But like a major college football coach thinking he can do whatever the heck he wants is pretty freaking normal. The social media, it's so much easier to be a creep now. Like so even much back easier. in like I need your first name. I need your first name and 15 to 20 minutes. And I can find out anything I need to know about you. The <laughs> fact, my friends, I'm in my friend's phone as the FBI agent. I met a man the other day. I had his arrest records pulled up in 15 minutes, and I only knew his first name. Like, it, it's not difficult to find. So I, I miss the old days. And this isn't even going too far back. But was it, I, I forget how to say his name, Larry Eustachie? Also a former Utah State head coach. Yeah. yeah I, I, saw, I didn't realize that until I looked this up. Was it like? 2003 when he was at, he was at Iowa State right when mm-hmm. the pictures came out of him I think after they lost to Missouri at, at Missouri at, yeah at like a fraternity house in Missouri hammering beers and like kissing sorority girls and stuff like that's like I miss those kind of scandals right now you can just creep on Instagram and no one, if, no one really sees it but that Eustachy thing Eustachy thing was hilarious imagine if Larry Eustachy had Instagram yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I once took a limo ride with Larry Eustachie from a hotel to the airport after the WAC basketball tournament. He was nice. As nice as could be. About? Well, we had, Utah State had just won the tournament, and they it was after the selection show, and I think we drew Maryland. So he was actually asking me what I knew about Maryland. I think Maryland at the time had like Steve Francis and Lonnie Baxter, maybe. Oh, yeah, they were Back good. Then. Yeah. yeah. So he was asking me about that. He was a nice guy. Turned out to be a bit of a creep, but. I was like a not a to 20, you. I was a twenty-year-old dude, so I think I was safe in that limo. Right. <laughs> this also reminded me of this is like a year ago. There's a sports writer for UVA who I won't name, who's been around for for a while, and I was going through his follows one day on Twitter to see if there's anyone who I should be following who I wasn't. I, was, I, was, I don't even know what got me to do it, but I'm just scrolling through, and I go down to like a hundred, two hundred followers. Of people he's following and then i hit a section of like 25 sex workers in a row <laughs> and i don't know why it was the funniest damn thing to me like, it, was, it was very unexpected but it was it, it was not a mistake you know what i mean it was like he followed them all on the same day so one lonely night yeah right. <laughs> those beat writers are on the road a lot you know they don't call them beat writers for nothing right casey <laughs> I'm done. This is, where I talk about this. <laughs> this is why I love when I bring up the most random crap because that's when MBG shines. 
<laughs> Let me get completely off topic. MBG shines and it? I hide. Yeah. That's a That's direct a correlation segue, between too. those two things. All right, let's finish this off while we're on a high note. <laughs> what? Well, I'm not going to make a joke about finishing Ooh, this off. Yeah. <laughs> I knew exactly where that was going. <laughs> I just got way too excited about that. Sorry. My bad. All right, so we're back. We're back in the football season now. And so it's funny to see what everyone likes to do to get ready for games on game day, get pumped up. So there's this post uh, by a guy named Bluto on the Notre Dame board talking about what he had done to get pumped up for the game Saturday. It was simple, but he said this, he said, I'm gonna have to pump the brakes. I already drank some beer, smoked a little weed and had sex with my wife. Go Irish. He was ready <laughs> to go. So I guess my question is, what is it that you guys do to get ready on for game days? Not that. <laughs> that was at one thirty-two in the morning. Yeah, he was ready to roll. I'm just wondering, like, why do you pump the brakes? I'm going to use a baseball analogy, MBG, so, so bear with me here. But this is like being a single away from hitting for the cycle and then deciding to sit out the rest of the game, right? Like, you've done all the difficult <laughs> but All you have to do now is just watch football. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. Why? He's rounding third. No reason to hold up. Yeah, you don't pump the brakes <laughs> when you're that close to history. So, Casey, you, about... got, you got a pregame routine or what? No, now that I have a kid, I don't. It's just hopefully I get in front of the TV at kickoff, you know? <laughs> and about 35 high noons. Yeah. Joy, you I know you've got a pregame routine. I don't really have a pregame routine. I mean, I do the same thing every – well, if I don't go to a game because I try to go to a game every Saturday. But if I don't go to a game, then I, like, set my alarm. I go to the gym. I come home. As soon as I come home, game day's on. Then I start watching game day all day, which I might boycott this year because screw ESPN. And then I really just watch it literally until the first game kickoff. And then I usually pull out the schedule and figure out who's playing what so I can figure out what game is going on what screen. So and you've got I, the Oregon State game all scoped out. Yeah, already. for I sure, without that. a doubt. So I, mean, I, had a, I had a couple couple thoughts about this. The first one is, so my wife, I've known forever. She's the coolest woman in the world. If I woke up on a Saturday and was like, before I spend the day on the couch watching football, how about I get drunk and high and we boned? I'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> you would not that won't have work for you? the most positive response to that. <laughs> The other thing, just speaking <laughs> of pregame tradition, so this is this is going back years, but it so it's not something I do now, but it's my favorite UVA tradition. I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but there's a tradition where, as a senior, as a fourth year, before your final home football game, you're supposed to drink a fifth of bourbon. Which, if you haven't drunk a full fifth of bourbon in one sitting before, especially before like a one o'clock game. It, it's a lot. And so, I mean, you would see, this is back when UVA people used to dress up for games. You'd see girls in sundresses, like vomiting all over the place, going into the game. It was like the greatest thing <laughs> ever. But my fourth year, we were playing Maryland in our last home game. We had been number one just a couple of weeks before and lost, but we we're eight and one. We're ranked like number eight in the country. Maryland game supposed to be a walk. They're like five and five or something like that. I'm blacked out and apparently i came out of my blackout in the third quarter and just yelled and you'll have to bleep this what the f how are we losing according to Sergeant <laughs> and then our heisman contender quarterback got hurt 
we lost. And then, yeah, everything went downhill after that. So <laughs> That's quite a ritual. You? Yeah. Man, I don't do anything nearly that much fun anymore. So <laughs> MBG, what about you? You just, I don't really have a ritual. Too. I just like to watch games by myself. I don't really like anybody near me. I go to games by myself. I just like to be by myself. That's really my only ritual. Slam some Diet Cokes, of course. <laughs> a couple liters of that. But other than that, I don't really have a ritual. I'm not like Bluto from Notre Dame. So are you uh, – you're going to the Utah State game. Or am I allowed to bring this up on the podcast? I'll be in Iowa City. Are you Are you going to meet up with some people there? Uh, that's TBD right now. Right As of now, I'm just going solo. We'll see. I'll always find some people there that I know. We all sound like we have kind of sad lives right now. I'm, I'm bummed to be here. Speak for yourself. I love my life. I'm clipping my fingernails. <laughs> like we hang out alone and watch football in silence. Sorry to bore you with our lives, Casey. <laughs> oh, that's all I brought, guys. <laughs> right. On that note... That'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at shboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. Yeah.